Happy Friday and welcome back everybody to Brown Bag Bets, powered by Betsburg. We are your daily dose of cricket handicapping and sports betting picks. I'm Alex Christensen and trying to keep Andy Molitor's attention here for a little bit because he's going to the fair, folks, and that should be a ton of fun. Deep fried foods, rides that are hypothetically safe, children running around, probably eating too much candy. What do you think, Andy? Safe. Yeah, we're getting the goddamn wristbands, letting those little shitheads run loose for as long as they want. I was telling somebody that I said, you can't go on like a Friday night. It's just, if, unless you like your feet getting run over by strollers and the smell of body odor, I'll go during the day when all the other chuckleheads are at work. We're getting the wristbands right when the midway opens at noon, cut loose until I think it gets too busy and then we'll go home and I'm going to make you do dishes. So yeah, it should be a fun <laughs> afternoon and quite a bit of stuff to bet on today it is friday even without some baseball you've got a future bet i got a bet for the weekend uh rolling over my atp winnings into more atp and golf uh golf beats on as well so probably just thrash right into it here with a futures bet now yesterday you had said oh i'm alex and i'm gonna play it smart and i won't touch regular season win totals because it's too early yet why is this different? I suppose because these guys are already on teams and we know what they are and it's not. It's less scheduled. Know, th- there's not stuff that's going to happen that's been like, oh, my God, this guy moved teams. And now the, the whole defensive player of the year market has been flipped on its head, which I I, I mean, one one player who's heavy in that market every year has already switched teams. And that is, you know, that that's already happened. So I don't know, take me through what you got here. Yeah, I think to your question about the regular season win totals, those are really schedule dependent for me. Um, To be honest, I'm sure that I'm probably passing on some value. I'll probably go back and look at some of those numbers and be pretty annoyed that maybe I didn't play them earlier. Maybe it'll be something I look to do next year. But in general, I try not to touch those till the schedule is out. But some of these award bets, we've already talked about six man, most improved player. They're not as schedule dependent. You know, I'm not trying to hit a specific number of wins. It's just what do I think their entire season is going to look like? And like you said, a lot of these players are kind of set. And in general, the earlier you bet these, the better. Um, actually, was on a podcast with our buddy Matt Moore, or Hardwood Paroxysm, as you know him, um, big basketball guy. He was on the show, I think, last year once, and I'm sure we'll have him back on again. But yeah, talked some like awards it. with him, and it's one of the things we discussed. It's good to get in early, especially on some of these bigger numbers. Um, Because they generally only move down throughout the season. If you have guys that kind of start to qualify, you'll see some big moves and and pretty quickly. But talked about, again, six-man and MIP already. But we've got Defensive Player of the Year and it's poking around. This is honestly an award I don't generally bet a lot on. Um, I'll keep an eye on it, maybe try to play some bigger numbers. We did have some Robert Williams last year, which I think would have been a good bet had he not gotten hurt. Um, I'm always looking Giannis from time to time floats up between 15 and 20 to one during the year, but two numbers really stuck out to me. Um, one guy here in the Memphis Grizzlies, Jaron Jackson Jr. Um, I think he was third, maybe fourth actually in votes last year, but is going to have a great opportunity to get a ton of blocks, to get a ton of steals. And as you look at this award, Andy, Marcus Smart was the first guard to win defensive player of the year since Gary Payton. Now that depends on kind of how you feel about Kawhi Leonard, whether he's a guard or a small forward, but it really is a center and or power forward award, if you will, you know, guys like Draymond, Kevin Garnett and Giannis win, but 
It's mostly centers. You're looking for guys that generally play on winning teams. One of the things that stuck out to me on this was um, the winner at, plays on a team that averages about a 68% win rate. So, and that makes sense. If you have a great defense, generally you win a lot of games and with all due respect to the award, it's not taken as seriously as MVP. And in a lot of ways, sometimes these voters will just look to give winning teams an award kind of as a recognition for their season. So both of these players, I think, are on teams that are going to have pretty good records. Again, the Grizzlies were great last year. No reason to think they're not. You've got the Cavaliers there for Mobley. But Jackson's going to be on a winning team, should put up a bunch of defensive stats, got a little momentum last year. It just comes down to injury risk, honestly, here and, and fouls. He still fouls a little bit too much and has missed, I think, somewhere between 15 or more games every single season. If we can keep him closer, maybe 10 to 15 games as opposed to 20, 25 plus off this year, there's a lot of value in that number for me. And then Evan Mobley, um, the rookie was close to making, uh, I think, second team all defense last year. There's only two teams for that, but so would have obviously been on the third team if it existed. But as someone we've seen a ton of defensive highlights, um, has the ability as a big man to guard on the perimeter, get a lot of blocks. We're going to see a ton of highlight plays from him. Um, have to wonder, too, if there's some voters who are a little maybe disappointed he didn't get rookie of the year last year and, and might give him an extra little boost here in, in other awards. I just think we're going to get a ton of highlights now. Plays with Jared Allen, another good defensive player who might cannibalize a few votes. But I think actually what – Jared Allen does in terms of allowing Mobley to be aggressive on the perimeter is actually better overall. Um, part of the reason Mobley can attack on the perimeter is because he knows he has another guy behind him protecting the basket. It's always easier for stuff like that. So I think Allen probably actually helps a little bit more than he hurts. But at this number, I think the Cavs can be a top four or five seed, which gets them enough wins here to get the recognition. There's going to be a ton of, again, Mobley highlights all season long. So give me the two big men here uh, for defensive player of the year. I concur. JJJ was hot in the streets last year. Some people got some that's big some numbers. Big out numbers, of but big numbers. Out there, which is again, CLV isn't the same in an awards market, but still, if you get a big ass number and watch it come way down, that's uh, that's you can build some nice nice equity there. Um, build, you know, from it, time to time, you end yeah, up with everybody. So it'll yeah, it allows you to take other guys and build a. <clears throat> you know when we talk about the hold in a market, you know, in your normal market is like 4.5% on minus 110. Like you can build a nice little, you know, what do you call it? Portfolio of like, hey, guess what? There's only like four guys that can win this. And I've built a portfolio by getting them at the right entry points. And I have a spot where it doesn't matter. One of them wins it and I'm going to win money unless something crazy happens. Like a guard gets a lot of steam for the last month and blows that up in your face but uh no i'm i'm excited i'm gonna go hunt down my best numbers i can find on those nothing better than getting some of these through in june my favorite part of june is like oh man i have all these nba futures look at this i'm gonna catch some of these i think yeah sixth man and most improved from like you and drew and i think those were my big uh my big hits i didn't really play any hero last year I didn't, yeah, I didn't, uh, yeah, Morant and Hero were good. I didn't play it much in the MVP. I think whatever we played, I, th- I had a Bones Highland Rookie of the Year. That did not come through. It was a good number, though. Big number. I like Bones. It was fun to watch him. Now he's, he's somebody to look at maybe for most improved or six-man. His number for six-man has plummeted. They made that trade. He's down to, like, almost single digits at this point. But you might have to drive to Iowa, Andy, for, the, for these numbers. So, we'll yeah. see. Well, I am going to be doing some driving here. And if the, the kid's... 
not to just keep talking about fun things I'm going to be doing that you guys aren't. Well, maybe you are. Maybe you're doing something more fun than me. But if the kids both pass swimming lessons, which end next Friday, and move on to the next level, they don't know this yet, but we might go to a water park. <laughs> There's a good one in Iowa. And by good one, I mean good enough. it's not as good as Valley Fair, which is in Minnesota, but it's closer to a better casino. I like the aisle down in Waterloo. So there's a decent chance we're in Waterloo, Iowa next week, which means I can bet legally. I'll just be at the uh be at the tables, live betting shit on my DraftKings, my FanDuel, my I don't even know what they all have. I have a circa account down there. Regardless, the Rocket Mortgage rolls on round two head to heads. Uh one and one on the plays I gave you yesterday, two and one on my overall stuff. I have one going this morning. It looks like it is in a dead heat. Nope, nope. My guy moved ahead. Through 16, Tyler Duncan, one up on Harris English. Let's go. A lot of my golfers in my full tournament head-to-head are doing pretty well. I'm trying to think if I I did talk about any of those. I went Keegan Brad. I, you know what? My full tournament head-to-heads, I played four of them. One is winning by nine strokes. One is up by five strokes. One is up by three strokes. And one I'm losing by four. One, yeah, one I'm losing by five. That's the one I gave out on the show. So, sorry. Like the other ones. So we got to get on Bedsford's golf. Yeah, it's get on Bedsford's golf. Dollar a month. Get in the get in the Discord where I late night Andy is always posting his plays. So, three for today. Like I said, one is already going. Two more. Uh, first one is Webb Simpson over Jason Day. And I apologize. This number is probably not available. I just checked. This is up to minus 140. This is taking some steam. I don't like betting on Wem Simpson. Maybe if you want to lay minus 140, I wouldn't lay the half stroke if you still want to get in or shop around. Maybe there's a paperhead that still has a lagging number. I would uh, I would like this if you get it at minus 125 again. I'm a very anti-Jason Day kind of better. I took I even bet on Ricky Fowler, who I never bet on against Jason Day last week. That's how willing I am to bet against the ball striking of Jason Day. It has been poor. It has been near the bottom of this field. He doesn't do a lot right that I think matters here as well. He's not creating a lot of opportunities, which again comes down to being a bad ball striker. He's not been great with his short wedges, which matter here because you need those to score. So this is definitely a Jason Day fade. I have Webb Simpson as an okay golfer, middle of the pack here for me here. He's good tee to green. He's good ball striking. He doesn't do anything, uh, you know, fantastic. But this is a good price over Jason Day. And then the other one, I actually like Stuart Sink. I have him with some decent numbers here. He has been somebody who's been striking the ball decent. I just didn't agree with this price. And CT Pan had a really rough, really rough Thursday. I think he lost like three and a half strokes on the green. He's a good putter. He can putt a lot better than that. He's actually somebody who I have in the probably the top 30 or 40 putting here overall. Like I'm looking at my putting numbers for that. Eh, maybe a titch lower than that. But still, um, you know, over the last 50 rounds, he's gained on average per round. He's an above average putter, which uh, isn't somebody who should lose three and a half to the field on this one. And his ball striking is really good. His TD green is great. Getting plus 120 here is a, is a number I like quite a bit. I'd make him a mild favorite. And by mild, if we're talking no vague, like 
51 percent you know it's a uh, it's almost a coin flip essentially here pan somebody i've backed quite a bit of late so it was hard not to click on that that number is still available not many people apparently getting involved in that market that one is on bookmaker only that's where i found it so plus 120 is still available both of these matchups start this afternoon with tea times mm. all around 1 p.m so you've Dig got it. you've got some time if you want to get involved with these guys beaten is course up aren't they there have been some this morning and there's not much for win this afternoon there have been some pretty low rounds already young is nine under today yeah young young he has two holes left i mean there's a handful of guys that have gone five under that are still in the course my my guy brendan Steele. look at him i have an outright on him he's only a couple shots off and then like i said some of some of the guys i played full tournament matchups fenson he's having a nice round it's Thank God for that. I need some of these to come through for me. So, um, nothing in Warsaw for me today. Nothing in Umag. Nothing in Kitzbühel. Um, nothing in any of those places from you. But Prague. This is a. Uh, I think Nuskova already played some tennis today. She did. She got the win. This will be uh, oh, early tomorrow. Doubles too. He, she, I think she played twice today now. I'm I'm almost sure she's on a doubles team that lost. I, I think they're they're done for the the tournament. You're now. correct. The doubles team lost to Guabeva and Zakharova. Oh, we're in a tiebreaker here. Let's go Wang. Let's go Wang. Yeah, got Long in a tiebreaker. Yeah, Warsaw though. Iga Swiatek here on the ropes in the first set. Uh, Caroline Garcia tried to serve out for six one here in the first. That's very interesting. The Iga Invitational at this. Oh, uh, what what are we betting in Prague? Oh, we talked about this off the air. Not this specific one, but this specific strategy. Maybe talk to me more about the strategy of doing this rather than firing on a 22. Yeah, so we're going to take the over here in the Buzkova-Noskova uh, match. Now, this line isn't open yet. This the market is still forming, but they hang nine and a half for this every single time. Um, it should be minus 150 or, or less juicy than that, but um, what I'm looking at here is a long competitive match, and specifically in the first set. And if you go back and look at the WTA in general, the first set is generally much longer than the second set to the tune of about a game and a half or so. I'd have to go back and double check. I have got the numbers, but not right in front of me. And a lot of times what you'll see is the total itself when it comes to the sets is they just kind of hang a nine and a half or divide the total itself by two. You might see a nine if it's a low total or an eight and a half or something. But the correlation, I think, between the first set going over and the whole game total going over isn't quite right in the way they do the pricing. And this match specifically, both players here, um, you go back and look, really competitive first sets here, but um, Buzkova especially, and even Nazkova here, um, both of them have had a lot of long first sets and then blowouts in the second set. So I may end up with a full match over here. I'll post that on, you know, on my log that you can find on Twitter, of course, if I do. But for right now, I'm definitely going to be betting this first set over, maybe even at over 10 and a half if you've got some alts. Again, those are really hard to find in first sets, but maybe this afternoon they'll be in some of the regulated books. I think Camby's, uh, Fandle sometimes hang those, and I can't remember if they are this week for some of the smaller stuff. But give me the over nine and a half games, minus 150 or better. Again, it didn't put a number on here because it's not up anywhere, but should be up in the next couple hours, and you've got till tomorrow morning to get that in. Yeah, you've got time. It is 
it's like 4 p.m. in Prague. They're finishing things up. Um, Hanfman over. There was a joke I made in our tennis chat about just betting the overs when our friend Kelly has a handicap on the favorite because the, <clears throat> the the favorites don't seem to cooperate with him all that well and usually will drop a set. So Hanfman in the books. I wish I would actually bet that. Sometimes my joke bets do better than my actual bets. But uh, Well, there was uh, an account for Kelly joke bets. Yeah, I, I feel like there used to be a goddamn account for this. Uh, Euros. The Euro final is taking place Sunday afternoon in beautiful jolly old england jolly old england so england is hosting they're the host uh so they will have some home field home court home turf home pitch whatever it is you want to say for them taking on the hated germans um in a rematch from world war one and world war two england germany going at it in women's soccer i don't know what to bet in this this is very very difficult i have an england future 450 so i would love england to win but these teams have been just similar-ish. Like, they've been both so great. They've just been both so good. Neither of them conceded during groups. They both only conceded one goal during uh, the, you know, whatever you want to call it, the knockouts. You only play two two games to get here in the knockouts. So the quarters and the semifinals, they've each only given up one goal, and they've been two high-quality teams. So I did end up playing that. These offenses are just so good. And, yes, the defenses look great, but the defenses look great against the likes of Northern Ireland and Norway and things like that. Like, yes, I'm glad you beat the tar out of the bad teams, but – when faced with a good team with a good offense like Spain and France, they did give up a goal. And I think these two high-end offenses, I'd rather play this than the over. While sometimes, again, you do see cagey-ish matches in the, you know, in the knockouts in the final like this. This could end up being an under. But if it's an under, the total is two and a quarter. I still think we might see an under, you know, push on a one-one final. So both teams of scores a coin flip here, according to the books. Uh, some places are minus 120, 118 at bookmaker. I found 115 both ways at Pavada. That's what I ended up playing. It just a promise is a promise. I'm betting every match. So both teams to score Germany, England. This would be great to just get it out of the way in the first first half and have an exciting second half that has no goals, and then we get an exciting uh, penalty kick. So my heart hurts as I watch my – luckily I didn't bet a lot in the future. Like usually you should say the opposite. Like, oh, no, you know, they're they're like minus 130 to win to lift the cup, and I got plus 450. Look at all that CLV where I'm just like soccer sucks to sweat, especially these knockouts. Like if it gets to a, a penalty kick situation – it just hurts my heart. So glad I took it kind of easy on this one, and I will be cheering for – I like my three lionesses because it's coming home. It's coming. You think, you think England can finally do it? Yeah. If they win, I'll make a, I'll do a, I'll sing the song. I'll do like a TikTok or something. That's what the you kids should. are doing. And then, uh, yeah, big time, nice win. Ben Shelton probably should have won that match. He was the better tennis player last night. It is just incredibly difficult to take a tiebreaker over Big John. He He's still, it doesn't matter. He'd be 45. He's still going to be sending rocket serves. You have to guess right and then also get there and, 
aim your tennis racket the right way to kind of chip it back on some of these serves. Although trickier with a left-hander sometimes if you want to go up the line. Um, he looked great. Took him to three sets. Took him to a third set tiebreaker. I only needed 24 games. We got a grip more than that, I think. Ended on 36. So I'm taking that money, reinvesting it tonight in a couple. Uh, just a fun little parlay. This is a light bet. I'm not putting all my money back. All my tennis winnings. But uh, Tommy Paul and Alex Demonauer comes out to about minus 110 if you go to the right places. There are a few places that had worser odds than this, I guess, if you want to call it that. But I, I, I'm i going to have to check what time these matches are tonight, too. So Tommy Paul says it's starting pretty soon. I didn't realize they started this early in Atlanta. This Tommy Paul match is first in the order of play. It takes on Ilya Ivashka. He's just been so good. Like Tommy Paul looks like he can win this thing. Granted, there's some there's some road bumps there that aren't gonna just allow that to happen, most likely. But Tommy all Tommy Paul's been great this first couple matches, and then Demon Hour is just taking on a it's a spot where he should probably mop the floor with Manorino. Man, how old do you think Adrian Manorino is at this point? Check. 34. Mid 30s. Younger. Yeah. Younger, younger than I thought. I thought he was a little she older. Makes him look older. Yeah, it's. I just. I'm gonna go with the better, younger, more informed player on these hard courts in the Australian in Demon Hour. So, Manorino, I think this will be. Oh, I was looking at the other one. There was another one where it's like, hey, man, this guy's played like three straight Australians. It was a weird spot, but yeah, Demon Hour is like minus three eighty five. He is as old as as old as Isner. But uh yeah, if you put these together, you do get right around minus one ten, minus one fifteen. So I'm gonna play a parlay. They are the first two matches in the order of play. So if you Starting have a gambling soon. problem and that doesn't win, you have the Nakashima TFO match to get it back. And if that doesn't work, we're taking we'll take Big John as an underdog against uh uh, God, what is his first name? Brooksby Jansen. No, Jansen. Worst Jensen. The, the, the complete and utter lacrosse name. Jansen Brooksby. How is he Jensen. not playing lacrosse for like Johns Hopkins or North Carolina? Jansen Brooksby is a uh, is good, but John as an underdog feels a little silly there. A couple people in the chat kind of pointed that out, so that might be. That's either my get back match if this doesn't work, or it's my double down like we're we're making extra money on Atlanta. Oh, I do. Uh, as that is the that is the nightcap. That'll be 7 p.m. Central Standard Time on the hard courts down in Atlanta. And with that, oh, food snobs got Jig John each way at uh 8.5. That's plus 750 for you uh people who don't speak French, but that's a pretty good price considering where he's at right now. I think he's probably going to take this match. Like I said, hit the thumbs up. If you believe in food snob, if you believe in big John, if you believe in tennis, if you believe in, uh, Wong, Xiang, no, not Wong, Xiang. Damn it. Wong. Qui, Wong what's Xiang. the one with the Q? Kyung. Wong Xiang. You got it. Wong Xiang. If you believe, if you believe in Wong Xiang to bounce back and take this third set, Tough tiebreaker for us, but uh, we move on. Hopefully we get some winners here. Have fun with your weekend, and we'll catch you guys Monday.